Well, we've been talking about um, something in here, man, us, spirit, soul, and body. Because that's who we are. We are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. And so I want us to continue on that. I'll review just for a quick brief second because I don't want us to spend too much time on it. And then we're going to go on to um, something this morning that I want us to get into. Um, I'll just read a couple of the notes of things that we went over for people that haven't been here. Um, your spirit deals with the spiritual realm, we said. Your soul deals with the mental realm. And your body deals with, I guess we can all figure that one out, the physical realm. It's the part of you that wants to eat that extra piece of pie. It's the part of you that doesn't want to exercise. It's the part of you that wants to stay up and watch TV instead of going to bed when you know you're supposed to. It's all the part that you have to deal with the most, right? Yeah. Okay, so um, um, a man's spirit is the part of him that knows God. So uh, that's the part of us that we need to make sure is stronger than any other part of us is our spirit man. So we talked about a few weeks ago about Jude, how we build up our spirit. Does anybody remember that? Praying in the Holy Ghost, or Holy Spirit, as um, it's referred to in some places. Uh, We pray in the Holy Spirit to build up ourselves. And then we also can help to edify other people by not tearing them down. Because some people are already so torn down that it helps to help edify them building them up, and it can encourage them then to begin to pray for their own selves. So we talked about those things. And then we talked about our soul a little bit. And our soul um, has a, a voice, which is our spirit, and it is our conscience. Our conscience is our spirit's voice. It's like it talks to us and tells us when we walk down that aisle in the grocery store. How many of you have ever knocked anything over in the grocery store? And something inside you says what? Run. No, pick it up. (laughs) Pick it up. Put it back on the shelf. But what do you normally do? Look around and see if anybody's looking and then run, right? That's what, that's what happens. But our spiritual man and our Christian man inside of us, what it does is it goes like that. But the love inside of us does what it would want somebody to do for us is it opens the door, it bends out and picks it up. Or you, that shirt falls on the floor on the rack and what do you do? Pick it up, pick it up. That's the spirit man inside of us. And so we also talked about our minds and bodies need to be, our minds need to be renewed and our bodies are supposed to be presented to the Lord. And um, that's in Romans 12, 1. And then also we talked about a man's spirit can be educated and improved just as his mind can be. And the spirit can be trained and built up just as the body can be. And... Um, The thing that we're going to get into today is talking about building up your spirit and how four ways of building up and developing your spirit. And that's what I want to get into today. So you got time for it? It's, what time is it? 11.10. So we have almost a whole hour, so we got time, right? Nobody eats lunch till noon, so y'all got time. So turn your watches off and your phone beepers off, okay? All right. 
Because this is the part that you need to understand, and this is the focus of why you would want to, one of the focuses of why you would want to do this. Now, I, I won't say the focus, but one of the focuses. Because your spirit, through your mind, will control your body. Now, I just told you a few minutes ago, I weighed close to 200 pounds a few years ago. I did. I have pictures to prove it. They can put them up on the screen. You saw them. How many of you saw Celebration Sunday? You saw them. Right? Okay. What? Yeah, they saw them. You saw them. You just didn't recognize me. Yeah, I did. Anyway... I fought it for decade after decade after decade after decade after decade after decade. I tried Weight Watchers. I tried Jenny Craig. I tried, I mean, every diet that there was to try, Atkins diet. I tried Sugar Buster's diet. I tried, I mean, if you name a diet, I tried it. For decade after decade after decade after decade after decade after decade. And, and my family, most of them are big. And I thought, God, what is with this? And we started the church in Branson. And I had to start teaching. And I had to start spending time in the Word. I had to. It was like demanded of me because Keith started a church and left. Now, how's that for nice? Well, really, God started a church. Keith, Keith was like, we're going to pastor? Really? And about two months into it, he realized, I'm a pastor. Because he didn't know it. We didn't know it. But he had meetings scheduled, I mean, because he was a traveling minister for decades. And that's what he did. So he had meetings scheduled every weekend, and God said, start a church. So guess who that left? So that meant Miss Me had to get in the Bible and start studying and studying and studying and studying and studying and studying just to have anything to say. I mean, I was raised a little Catholic girl that didn't have a Bible. I mean, we had one. I've told you. It was on the coffee table. And all you did was blow it off to get the dust off. How many of you had one like that? Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? And you just listened to what the priest said and took communion and said, Hail Mary, and your act of contritions. And that was it. And I'm not putting down the Catholic religion. I, just, I love the Catholic religion. I just didn't, we just don't know the Bible. That's it. And today, society, there's a, several of them that are, are coming up and getting in the Word and stuff. But back then, when I grew up, we didn't. And so I had to learn to be able to teach. And I kid you not, what happened to me was, I got in the Bible, and I really and honestly do not know what happened. Except for, I lost from 200 pounds to 130 pounds, and I don't even know how. I don't know how. All I know is that I focused on the Bible. And my interests were someplace else. 
And there's a series out there that tells you all about it, how to reach your physical goals. Because it was going on, I was teaching that as it was going on. Because that was one of the first series that I taught at the church. How to reach your physical goals. And I know how I did. And I, and I tell about it in that series. But my point is, this sentence. Your spirit, through your mind, will control your body. So I want us to learn how to do that. If you're having any troubles in any areas of your life, I use that one because I know that one. I know what it's like to be overweight. I know what it's like to wake up in the morning and the first thought that crosses your mind is food. What are we going to have for breakfast? What are we going to have for lunch? What are we going to have for dinner? And what's the snacks in between? And that we're going to drive through the quick trip and we're going to get a big gulp and a breakfast roll. And then for... (laughs) Who laughed at me? And then we will have to have a break. It's law that you have a break. Really, it's not, but you know. And then we will have a lunch, and then we will have a a snack break in the afternoon, and then we will have a big dinner, and then we travel. And because you travel, you eat a little bit before you go to service because you don't want to get hungry during service, and then you have to go out with the pastors after service, and they always take you to the nicest restaurants there, there is, and you don't want to offend them, so you always order something really nice, and you eat at midnight. And you know what? If you're happy with the way you are, I think you are just wonderful. But I was not happy with me because I felt like mud. I felt like I couldn't drag one leg in front of me. And I had a lot of stuff to do. And I felt tired all the time. And I felt worn out all the time. It really wasn't even just my weight. It was just how I felt. I felt like I couldn't do anything. And I needed to do lots. So... I started doing these things, and you can be the same way. It may be, it may be uh, smoking, it may be alcohol, it may be uh, computers, it may be TV, it may be uh, drugs, it may be porn, it may be sex, it may be affairs, it may be... I don't know what your issue is, but if you want to quit it, here's your way. Okay? There's no condemnation in God. And if you're under condemnation, it's because you are condemning your own self because you know you're doing things that are contrary to your own self. Things of God are this way. God wants you to have everything. He's not withholding anything from you. He already paid the price so that you could have everything you ever need. Everything. He's paid the price for you to be healed. He's paid the price for you to be saved. He's paid the price for you to be rich. He's already given you everything you need to have everything. But what happens is the devil, the God of this world, comes in and he causes you not to be filled with the Spirit or built up enough to withstand or resist the temptations of this world So therefore, at the end of the day or the middle of the day or the halfway through the afternoon, things happen. And you do things that you know condemn your heart. You know they do. And then when you do that, 
the very first thing that happens when you go to believe God for something, what rises up inside your thought processes? That thing. Whatever it was. And it's not God condemning you. It is your own heart condemning you. And that is the only reason that the devil tried to make you do that. It's not that he's wanting to steal something from you or or make you do something bad. He wants to condemn you to keep you from receiving the things that God has already paid for for you or Jesus has already paid for for you. Because if he can keep you defeated, you're not going to tell anybody about Jesus. You're not going to live a victorious life. You're not going to be happy. You're going to be sad. You're going to be broke. You're going to be defeated all the days of your life. So if he can get you to look at porn, if he can get you to be um, staying up all night and be grumpy all the next day, if he can get you to overeat, if he can get you to lie, if he can get you to steal, if he can get you to cheat, if he can get you to do drugs, if he can get you to do a myriad of things, do you think it's just for the point of doing those things for that moment? It's absolutely not. It's so that when Tom here goes to believe, okay, God, I'm believing, just like we claimed that money a few minutes ago. Okay, he claimed $500, say. I claimed $500 to take care of this that's coming up. The very first thought that crosses his mind is, you're not worthy of that $500. You don't deserve that $500. Because do you know what you did? I know, I saw, here it is, and he plays it back for him. And he instantly does an instant replay. You talk about video cameras, he's got the best. And he plays it back for your thought processes and your mind. And he plays it back for you over and over and over again, only to keep you like this. Down. To keep you from having anything. Because God has already given you everything and he doesn't want to keep it all from you. So I want us today to talk about the ways to develop our spirit so that when those things come against you and they come against everybody and if any person sitting next to you looks at you and says, I've never been tempted or I've never been tried, they just lied. Okay? If they ever come to you and say, you know what, I don't have any temptation in my life. I've never lied. I've never, I've never been tempted to steal. I've never been tempted to do drugs. I've never been tempted. Maybe you haven't been tempted in that area, but you've been tempted with things. And everybody has. And there has been an area that you've succumbed to. If you gossip, it's in the same sentence as the ones that tell lies or steal or murder. Did you know that? Have you ever talked about your brother or your sister? Well, it's in the same one. So that's exactly the same thing that could keep you from getting the things that you're believing for. So what we want to do is we want to build up our insides to where when those things come to us to keep us down, to keep us from getting our finances, to get us, keep us from getting our healing, to keep us from getting our victories, to keep us from getting the things that we're believing for in our life, we are able to stand firm and not do it. And that's what happened to me when I was able to come overcome eating things. It became a point in time to where I can go, the guys can tell you. Rob, stand up, 
so they'll know I am not telling a lie. I will go all day long now, and they will have to come to me and say, are we going to eat? Are we going to eat? And Keith will call, and he'll say, did you eat today? Is that true? I get in trouble now for not eating because I forget. That is the honest truth. When before I would wake up in the mornings and it was the first thing that crossed my mind was eating. Now they have to say, Mrs. Moore, and Keith will call and he'll say, don't make them work all day long and not eat, Phyllis. That is not right. They've got to eat sometime. They're grown men. They have to eat. That's true, right? You can sit down. And it's true. Because I don't think about eating anymore. It's something I just don't think about. And I'll go all day long and I won't eat. And Keith will call me from another state and he'll say, did you eat today? Because he knows I'll go two or three days sometimes and I won't even eat. And he'll get upset with me. He'll say, you have to eat, Phyllis. You have to. And I'll go, oh, yeah, okay, eat, eat. But what I'm talking about is the same thing will happen to you in any area that you've been having a temptation in. Whether it's eating or smoking or drinking or drugs or, or porn or, or lying or stealing or talking about people or whatever the situation is. But these are the ways. And I know I'm spending time on that, but you need to understand you can overcome it. It's not God doing it, but you have to do these things, okay? Are you ready? The first one, pen and paper in hand. Meditate on the Word. I told you I had to begin getting in the Word to teach it. Joshua 1.8. Put it up on the screen for us, if you would, please, in the King James. If you get the Word in your mouth, it gets in your heart. How many of you saw Keith singing Friday night? What was he singing? The Word. And he just kept, the Lord just kept giving him the Word instantly on the spot. But if he didn't have it in his heart, it couldn't come out his mouth. Do you know you can't even pray right unless you know what the Word says? You can't pray until you know what God says in His Word. You don't even know how to pray unless you find out what the Word says. So Joshua 1.8, it says, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein, how often? Day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. Now read the next two little big words with me. For then, read them again, everybody please. For then. Read them again. For then. Read them again. For then. Look at your neighbor and see if they're saying them. For then. Look at your neighbor again. I don't think everybody's saying them. For then. Okay? For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. And what? Then shalt thou have good success. Now, see, that's what's been happening with word and faith people. What's been happening is they've been coming to church 
on Sunday for 30 minutes or four hours if you're in key services. And, uh, um, and they've been getting a little bit of word. And then they've been going out the whole rest of the week and not thinking about it at all. God, the Word, the Bible does not cross their minds at all. They don't give it place. They don't give it time. They don't respect it. They don't think about it. But what does it say? This book shall be in your mouth. In your what? In your mouth. You know, back in the 70s, we confessed the Word night and day. We had stickers on our refrigerator and on our mirrors and on the steering wheel of our car and, and on our desk at work. And we had the Word. I mean, we'd say, by His stripes I'm healed. And there was a sticker here. And we'd have a sticker, you know, um, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And there was a sticker there. And, and uh, greater is He that's in me than He that's in the world. And there was a sticker there. And, and if we were believing for something, honey, we found the Scripture and we stuck it somewhere. Right? How many of you today have stickers? A fourth of you? And are they hidden? Stick them out. Are you saying them? Or they just become a part of your uh, happen to be there? Get to where you get them out of this thing. And you're saying them. By his stripes I am healed. Greater is he that's in me. I used to say that when I was believing about my weight and when I started getting in the Word and helped me start losing. You'll find that out on the tapes. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Get it in your mouth. Only then will your way become prosperous. Only then. It says meditate means to mutter. It means that you're constantly saying something out of your mouth. You're muttering it. And if you've ever been around Keith very much, you'll see he is constantly saying things. Brother Hagen did it constantly. Keith does it constantly. I find myself half the time going under my breath. Greater is he that's in me. I can do all things. Thank you, Lord, for the Holy Ghost. Thank you. You know, uh, he's leading me. He's guiding me. He's showing me what to do. Constantly. You know, and if you're coming up against something, constantly be getting the words out of your mouth. Constantly be saying what you're believing for. Constantly be affirming the things that are coming up in your life. Positive things. If you're wanting them to come to pass. You say, I can't think about things night or day. You've been thinking about that bill night or day. You've been thinking about those grandkids night or day that's been doing wrong. You've been thinking about that job that you don't have night or day. You can think about things night or day, but you just need to switch gears and think about the positive. Okay? Don't give the devil play in your life. Totally shut him down. And, you know, Keith does a thing, and it's so a fact. And we're just going to do it in here right now. Okay? Do you know... He used to do this in healing class all the time, and so we're just going to do it, all right? And you'll learn a new secret. I tell all of his secrets and don't tell him, all right? Do you know if you say something with your mouth, your mind has to come in gear with that? Did you know that? 
you say, nah, not mine. I can think. I'm a multitasker. I can do. Hey, I pride myself in multitasking, you know. But even I can't do it. And I'm not supposed to be in pride, and I'm not supposed to be a multitasker, so don't tell. Um, okay. Anyway, let's do this. I want you to put your paper down, close your eyes, and I want you to start counting from 1 to 50. But when you hear me say something, I want you to repeat it with the same fervor that I say it. Okay? Start counting now. Close your eyes. In, your, in silent, in your head. Jesus is Lord. Keep counting. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Keep counting. Don't start over. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Not a person in here. Lost their count, right? How many of you lost your count? Do you see what I'm saying? I learned it. Do you know, I wasn't planning on doing this. Let's see if I can even find it this morning. I think I can. Let me see here. Let's see here. When Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days, let's see, anybody know where that is right off the top of their head? Luke 4? All right, turn with me to Luke 4 then. I want you to see something. Y'all are great scriptorians. See, I have my walking concordance in here. Okay. Luke 4, I want you to see something. The Lord showed me this one day when I was teaching, right in the middle of a sermon. I love it when he does that. Jesus is out there in the wilderness, and the devil is there. And the devil keeps bringing these thoughts to his mind, okay? The devil keeps telling him all this stuff. This is in Luke 4. Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. Now, he is full of the Holy Spirit. Now, you know there's a difference in having once been filled with the Holy Spirit and being full of the Holy Spirit. Just because you spoke in tongues once doesn't mean you're full of the Holy Spirit. If you didn't speak in tongues again for the last six months, you ain't full of the Holy Spirit. You know that, right? That's like just because you ate a steak yesterday... Uh, doesn't mean you're full of steak today or just because you ate apple pie six months ago don't mean you're full of apple pie today, right? Okay, so Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit and returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the desert where for 40 days he was tempted of the devil and he ate nothing during those days and at the end of them he was hungry. The devil said to him, if you're the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered, it's Do you know what the Lord showed me? 
How many of you has the devil ever told anything? Stand up if the devil's ever told you anything. Because I want you to do something. How many? Has the devil ever told you anything? Stand up. This is important. This is so important you'll never forget it. Never, ever, ever forget it. The devil ever told you anything. Now, sit down only if you did this. You said, shut up, devil. In your, in your, in your mind. You never opened your mouth. You said, shut up, devil. In your mind. Sit down. In your mind, you said, shut up, devil. Sit down. Okay? There's a few people still standing. What did you do? Okay? What did you do? Okay? Some of y'all know what I'm going to say, so I think y'all are cheating. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, y'all can be seated. Let me tell you what the I did, exactly what all the rest of you sitting down did. Every time. Every time the devil would tell me something, he'd say, you ain't going to lose weight. He'd say, you're too scared to get up in front of people. Every time. And the Lord showed me this one day. Jesus answered. He opened his mouth and answered. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone. And every time the devil said something to Jesus, what did he do? He opened his mouth and said, it is written. He didn't think a thought with his mind. He opened his mouth and he said something to him. He's not in a thinking pattern with the devil. He is opening his mouth and telling him something. Now, Brother Hagin tells a story about... Um, I forget who it was. Some of y'all can help me. Some of my stories, if you know me at all, uh, I tell the punchline before I tell the joke. So some of my stories get twisted. So uh, if you know it, you can help me out. But uh, the lady that goes to the bus, and she's got her, Smith Wigglesworth, I think was part of it, and has a little dog that follows her to the bus, and she tells the little dog, uh, go home, and the little dog doesn't go home. And so she says, go home, little dog. I'm about to get on the bus. And the little dog doesn't go home. And so she tells the little dog again, go, and she stomps her foot, go home, little dog. And the little dog doesn't go home. And so here comes the bus about to pull up. And she sees the little dog there. And she yells at the dog, I said go home. And the little dog scampered home. Well, that's exactly what you have to do with the devil. I think he's hard of hearing. I do. I think he's hard of hearing. And in your life, when something is going on, I have seen it over and over and over again in my life. It's like if you play with the devil, he's going to play with you. I had a friend. I had a friend, and she called me one day. And she said, you know what? She is the sweetest thing, but she had this boyfriend that was bothering her. And she said, I told him to leave me alone. But he keeps calling me, and he keeps showing up. 
And I said, what did you tell him? She said, I told him I didn't want to go out with him. I said, and how did you tell him? She said, I said, I don't want to go out with you anymore. I said, do you really think that's going to work? And she said, well, I told him, but he keeps, he keeps bothering me. And you know, that's just exactly the way people are doing the devil in their lives. They really don't want him to go, so they don't ever really tell him to go. But if you ever really, really, really want the devil to go, I said, I almost called her name, I said, you have got to tell him in no uncertain terms, I don't want you calling me, I don't want you here at my house, don't you ever call me again. I mean, he was showing up at her house in the middle of the night saying, you know, I mean, just, I'm torturing her. I said, you want me to take care of it? She said, no. But I think I ended up having to take care of it. But that's the way the devil is. If you go, devil, leave me alone, he'll go, Especially if you just bat your eyes at him. Devil, leave me alone. Because you know and I know that you want that piece of cake. Huh? And you know and I know that you want to go out with that other person or you know and I know that you want to look at that porn or you know and I know you're going to tell that lie and you know and I know. But it's until you get serious about it and you open your mouth and you mean what you're saying and you say, devil, leave me alone, then he's going to leave you alone. But when you get serious about it and you open your mouth and you say, devil, take your hands off my money, and you mean it, that it's going to matter. But as long as you say, puppy, go home, nothing's going to happen in your life. But I don't know about you, I'm tired of playing games and letting the devil win and play running over my life. Because you know what, you're not happy. Look at your neighbor and say, you're not happy doing what the devil wants you to do. He's got you hoodwinked. Because if you ever once fully do what God wants you to do, it is the happiest, most joyous, fulfilling, wonderful thing you could ever do in your life. It doesn't get any better. It is the greatest thing you could ever do. There's no greater thing than doing and fully committing and doing what God wants you to do. Because He is smarter than you. And he knows what fulfills you. You don't have a clue what fulfills you, but he does. And if you'll get in the word, these things that he's talking about, right here, where it says, then shall I make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. He is not telling you to get in the word to punish you. And that's the way we have been looking at it, guys. It's like, it's like a two-year-old. You're making me go to bed without watching TV. And that's the way we as adults have felt. It's like, 
they're taking away my TV time to make me read the Bible. But you know what? Nobody is making you do anything. If we had any sense in these dumb brains of ours sometimes, we would realize it is the devil trying to keep everything in our life from us. That TV is stealing. You know, I, I am convinced it's an idol. We don't have gold idols sitting up here. We have them sitting up here. And we sit there and worship them. And what's on them? Because what in your life takes more time than that? See how quiet? Thou shalt have no other God before me. And I'm not saying a TV is a bad thing, but I don't care what you're watching. You need fellowship one-on-one with God. You need to spend time with Him because He's going to build you up on the inside. He's going to give you the strength that you need to overcome in those areas that you've been fighting for decade after decade after decade after century after forever whether it be your marriage or your kids or your finances or your job or you're broke or you're lying or you're cheating or you're stealing or whatever it is. It is this. For then, if you meditate in His Word day and night, your way will be prosperous and you'll have good success. For then. He's not trying to take anything from you. He's trying to give something to you. But it's like a parent with a child. You know it's not good for them to eat all that candy before they eat. Why? Because there's no nutrition in it. There's nothing good for them in it. It's a substitute. It'll fill them up. And that's what worldly things do. They fill you up and make you feel like you're done for the day. But it is a substitute for what God has for you. And it is substituting your life for the good things. And so at the end of the day, you have substituted all the devil's stuff for the plan that God has for you. And you've eaten candy all day long. And we as adults are doing it every day. And we wouldn't let our kids do it, but we're doing it. We've got to find out what is the thing. You say, I can't read my Bible all day and all night. No, and God doesn't expect you to do that. But you do know that, that you, if you put a little bit in you every day, you're better off. But most people don't even have 15 minutes to spend with God. Start out. Take a little time and spend with Him. Take a, Psalms 1... Um, Chapter 1, verse 1. Put it up if you would, please. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law does he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in season, and his leaf will not wither, and, read that next word with me, 
whatsoever, whatever he does, whatever he does, is there anything in your life that's not prospering? Anything in your life that has dead parts to it? Here's your answer. You got to get the word on it. You got to get what God says on it. You got to meditate in His word because He says and He doesn't lie. He said, Whatever you do will prosper if you meditate on His law, if you meditate in His word. He didn't say if you meditate on TV programs or if you meditate on computer things or if you meditate on your job or if you meditate on your kids or if you meditate on soccer or football or sports or whatever. He said if you meditate on his word, your life will change forever. He's not trying to punish us, guys. I spent decade after decade being upset. I took it out on my husband. I took it out on everybody around me. I didn't want to go anywhere. I didn't want to get up in front of people. I know Keith was of all people most miserable because I just wanted to stay home because I felt like I looked horrible. I mean, I don't look great today, but I sure look better than I did then. And it was all because I would never give God first place. And it was so easy when I did it. And if you will ever give God the first place, and it's like the thing that you've been fighting the hardest in your life, the thing that you've been dealing with the hardest in your life, if you will totally Put the word on it and give God first place and be serious about it and quit playing with it. God will take care of it. He loves you. He's not withholding anything from you. There's no need to be upset with him. But we do have to be honest with ourselves. So it's time that we truly get in this book. It's like I said at the marriage meeting, whoever was there. So many people have watched so much television that they've decided that this book is a novel. And it's not true. And they take it like it is. They take it like, hmm, take it, leave it. I'll do it or I won't do it. If you read this and you hear what it says, whatever he says will prosper There's only one person that can say something like that and it come to pass. He said, if you meditate in his word, whatever you do will prosper. Guess what? Every person in this room should be prosperous. Every person. Why aren't we? I lost y'all somewhere. Where did I lose y'all? Huh? Where did I lose you? You you still want your candy before dinner? God will not ask you to do, he will not make you do anything. But let's not kid ourselves, guys. 
let's not pretend that what's wrong in our lives is his fault. Let's be honest with ourselves and say, okay, God, I, I am willing to face up to this and get in your word and I'm ready to change it. How many of you is ready to change something in your life? I believe it. Y'all wouldn't be here on a Sunday morning if you wasn't. I believe you are. I believe his word will change everything in your life. It'll change me from living in that trailer with nothing in it to being prosperous and having the things that we need to losing weight, to being victorious, to be able to get up. And you don't know how hard it was for me to get up in front of people. You can't imagine how hard it was for me. Every time I got up in front of people, I threw up. Every time. Still, there's some issues, but has been some issues. But God will help you in whatever you need him to help you with. But you put his word first. Find word for it. Find whatever it is that you're believing for. Go home and find scriptures to base it on and read them every single day. If you're believing for healing, find you two or three scriptures on healing. Stick them on your steering wheel. If you're believing for prosperity, find you scriptures on um, he'll supply all my needs. Greater is he that's in me to be able to give. Given it shall be given unto you. Whatever on finances, get them in front of you. And read them. Look at them. Stand up with me. The reason I got quiet for just a minute is because um, there's some people in here and it just hit me, you know, um, you say, I've been doing this forever and it hasn't worked. Be honest about it. Are you doing it like my girlfriend was doing it? And batting your eyes at the devil? And not really wanting him to go away with it? I believe if you're totally sincere with wanting what you're believing for from God, he will never let you down. Never, ever, ever let you down. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.